This is Dr. Courtney Tracy, also known as the Truth Doctor. Welcome to Your Unconsciousness Showing, a no BS podcast platform created to discuss the underlying truths beneath our daily lives and what and who we think we are. Today's episode is on the subconscious and a couple subconscious mind mechanisms that control our lives and how this affects us when we've had a difficult life. I also discuss ways to help yourself with negative and unhealthy subconscious thought, emotion, and behavioral patterns. I'm really excited for you all to hear it. If you haven't already left a written review for this podcast, I would sincerely appreciate it. Reviews support the free nature of this podcast, and the more reviews I have, the more episodes I can make. Don't forget to also take a screenshot of the episode and share it with your loved ones on social media, tagging both your unconscious is showing and the period truth period doctor. These are the two ways that you can give back to me as a member of my community. The more people who hear these truth messages, the more the world is getting better a little at a time. Enjoy you guys. Welcome to episode six of Your Unconscious is Showing. My name is Dr. Courtney Tracy. I am known on social media as The Truth Doctor, and today I want to make this episode on the subconscious, the unconscious, why I named my podcast Your Unconscious is Showing, and tell you a little bit about how there are certain subconscious mechanisms in your mind that essentially control your life in a variety of different ways. And my goal for this episode is to tell you that you have the potential to be much more in control of your thoughts, of your emotions, and of your behaviors than you may feel like you can be. and to also show you areas where you're out of control. And the term out of control has definitely meant, it's been used in a negative way a lot. Like this person is out of control, that situation is out of control. Um, And I think a lot of the times what people are referring to when they say out of control is they are referring to not being able to be controlled by external forces. And what I mean when I'm saying that I wanna show you guys areas where you may be out of control when it comes to your own life is in ways where your subconscious is controlling the decisions that you're making, the beliefs that you have, the feelings and the thoughts that are running through your mind and through your body every day that can feel debilitating, that can feel um, disheartening and can make you feel, you know, the negative things that you feel that make you want to end your life or feel too stressed out or feel like you need to end the relationship or quit the job or whatever comes up for you when you feel like your mind is against you. You know, whatever comes up for you when you feel like your body is against you, when you're having traumatic triggers and panic attacks and eating disorders and the desire to numb yourself out with drugs and alcohol. I want to talk to you guys about how your mind can have a mind of its own in a way, how your mind can have a mind of its own, how your subconscious and your unconscious are constantly showing themselves in many different ways every single moment of every single day that you're alive. So in the first episode of Your Unconscious is Showing where I talked about developmental trauma, I talked a little bit about why I decided to name my podcast Your Unconscious is Showing. And I wanted to provide some more clarity and some more insight um, 
specifically on this episode, but just for you guys to understand why I chose your unconscious is showing. So it's definitely like in a mainstream culture today saying your blank is showing is sort of like a diss to someone and it's sort of like this edgy way of calling something out. Now, I definitely consider myself to be an edgy therapist. This is definitely an edgy podcast and it also is a very helpful one and I find myself to be a very helpful person too. So when I'm saying your unconscious is showing, what I am implying, what I'm stating is that aspects of you are showing that you may not want to be showing and once you figure out what they are, where they come from and what the hell you can do about it, then you actually may be much more better off in your life. So I polled my Instagram followers like I usually do and they wanted me to discuss subconscious mechanisms. There were like 600 people that requested me to do a podcast on subconscious mechanisms. So, and it seems relevant. Now, why did I call my podcast Your Unconscious is Showing versus Your Subconscious is Showing? And there's a few reasons. We have unconscious aspects of our bodies, like our immune system and certain waves that are occurring when we're waking up or when we're going to sleep or when we're sleeping or when we're dreaming. And so there are aspects to our body and aspects to our mind that function when and if we were actually unconscious. And so there are unconscious mechanisms within our body and our mind, and then there are subconscious mechanisms that we can actually tap into and we can adjust. Now, in my first course in the Truth Seekers community um, called How Does Your Mind Work, I do describe how mindfulness-based interventions, mindfulness-based techniques can allow you to adjust some of those unconscious mechanisms. Like you can improve your immune system. You can get better with chronic diseases that you may have as a result of mental illness through the use of compassionate-based and mindfulness-based interventions, which is what I wrote my dissertation on. Not that it could change the immune system or sleep patterns, but more so that it could change and affect a lot of the symptoms related to addiction. But there have been studies that have shown that mindfulness can help chronic diseases and can help um, immune system concerns and make people get better. And so yes, you can tap into your actual unconscious mechanisms and make them function in a more healthy way. More so you can tap into your subconscious. Now you can bring your consciousness, you can bring awareness into your unconscious and into your subconscious. Your subconscious, they are, these are aspects of your life that are easily available, easily adjustable. Um, and they're, they're malleable, but you have to bring consciousness to them because they're subconscious. So these are things that have accrued over the course of our lifetime, experiences that we've had, lessons that we've learned, things that we've been told, feelings that we felt, thoughts that we've had, um, and behaviors that we've enacted that have become habitual. They've, we've become conditioned to go straight to them. They've become habitual because we've done them over time. Um, and they've been, I mean, we've been conditioned by the things that we do, the things that occur in society, the, thing that's, the things that society wants from us, the things that our family wants from us, the things that we see our family do, our peer group, our employment, all of it. We're affected by all of it. And there's a few specific subconscious mechanisms that I wanna discuss with you guys on this podcast that I think could really help you with realizing that your mind works in so many ways 
that you may be aware of, maybe you learned about these in Psych 101, maybe you are a therapist and you're totally aware of these mechanisms and these aspects of your mind, but it's easy to forget because you're also human. And so I'm hoping that this episode is going to be helpful for you in order to feel like you have more control over your life, in order to feel like you're not as out of control as you may feel. I also wanted to let you know for those of you that just listen to this podcast versus actually watching the podcast that I do film this podcast live as I am recording it and I put it on my YouTube channel. So you can search The Truth Doctor on YouTube and you can find every episode except for episode one from Your Unconscious is Showing on YouTube. And so if you're ever curious about what it's like for me, what I look like, where I am, where I'm filming this, then you can go ahead and go to YouTube and search for The Truth Doctor and find each of these episodes. The reason why I'm pointing that out is I just looked at the camera that I'm filming myself in and I thought that it would be important for me to share with you guys who are just listening that I am wearing a t-shirt that says, calm the fuck down. And the reason why I'm pointing that out is that it's one of the things that I want you guys to be able to do after you've listened to this podcast. I really want you to be able to feel like you can calm the fuck down because, and I, listen, the last podcast that I just did was on anxiety. And I know that when people are anxious and when people are panicked and when people are angry and when people are upset, a lot of the times they can hear an invalidating statement from someone else outside of themselves or even from themselves that tells them to just calm down. So I'm not saying that I want you to just learn how to calm the fuck down because that's gonna be the solution to whatever mental health issues you're experiencing. What I want you to get out of this podcast is I want you to be able to calm the fuck down in the way where you can say, maybe you have a lot of shit going on in your mind. Maybe you have a lot of um, un physically unexplained symptoms that are going on that are related to your mental health and you, you feel like you're out of control in your mind and in your body. I want you to know that you can calm the fuck down through understanding why you experience what you experience, understanding how your mind works. How does your mind work? It's so important that we learn this because we're not really taught it in school, we should be. We're not really taught it from our parents, we should be. <laughs> we should be learning about how the hell our mind works because we have to live with it every single day and it literally creates our reality and the reality outside of us and the reality within us also creates our mind. We think we are our minds and while to a degree we are, the fact that we can have thoughts about our thoughts and feelings about our feelings and feelings about our thoughts and thoughts about our feelings tells us automatically that through metacognition and meta-emotion we are capable of being more than just the things that are going on in our minds. And so that's sort of what I teach before I actually go into going through what some of these subconscious mind mechanisms are that I think can really benefit you guys from either reminding you about them with some examples or teaching you about them for the first time from the perspective of the mind. Um, I want to tell you guys that if you find this podcast helpful, I mentioned it a little bit earlier. I have an entire course called How Does Your Mind Work 
on my website, thetruthdoctor.com. It is completely 100% free. There are no affiliate links, there are no sponsorships, there are no ads, There, I don't need anything from you. I just need general information so that I know a little bit about you and who you are and why you're joining um, because it's a truth seekers community. It's for people that wanna work on their mental health and I wanna know the type of people that I'm supporting. Outside of that, you can scroll down. It's the very first course. It's called How Does Your Mind Work? It's gonna teach you in detail about what I'm gonna discuss on this podcast today and also at more, more information about more subconscious mind mechanisms. It's gonna teach you about mindfulness. It's gonna give you suggestions and journal prompts in terms of how to figure out how your subconscious controls what you think, what you do, what you say, um, and what you feel. And then it's going to give you five different types of mindfulness-based suggestions for coping skills when it comes to anxiety and trauma and disconnection and feeling isolated, which so many of us are feeling now in 2020, maybe more than we ever have before in our lives. The first mind mechanism that I want to talk to you guys about is autopilot. We go into autopilot often, way more than we think that we do. And it's very important, and this can happen through the act of mindfulness, where we realize just how automatic and just how quickly autopilot actually enters into what we do. It enters into the things that we say, the things that we do, the things that we feel, and it's very, and the things that we think. And it's super important to know that your mind is gonna go in autopilot, your body's gonna go in autopilot, your minds and your body are both gonna go into quick, automatic processes that it that they think, either your body or your mind, thinks is the, the best, quickest solution where you have to think the least amount. And that will keep you the most safe because your mind wants to keep you safe and your mind wants to take the things that it thinks is important and put it on the back end so that you don't actually have to think about it consciously in moments where you may be experiencing danger, for example. So I want to first explain what is the point of autopilot. The point of autopilot when it comes to our body and our mind, well, there's certain, like I said, unconscious mechanisms in our body like breathing and our heart beating and our immune system functioning and there are things that happen like if we were unconscious if we were knocked unconscious these things would still function and so those things are on autopilot and then we also have aspects of our thought processes and the behaviors that we experience consciously that were once conscious that were once not automatic that we've learned over time that also happen so that we don't have to think about it now one really clear example that I provide to people to understand autopilot is the fact that we learn how to drive a car, we learn how to tie our shoes, okay? We don't necessarily have to think about some of the things that go into tying our shoes, putting on our pants, driving a car, like it, and walking, for example. These are all things that we once learned uh, from a physical sense and also a cognitive sense and a survival sense. Um, that we no longer have to think about. So you don't think left foot in front of right foot, left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot, then open up the car door, then close the car door, then put the keys in the ignition or push the start button, whatever it is. We eventually just start to do those things automatically. And those things are a lot easier for people to comprehend because they are objective 
ways where if you explain it, more than likely the person can understand it. And so those things, that's autopilot. That's automatic processes of our brain and our memory that will get us from A to B, that will get our shoes on our feet. And we don't have to think about them. Now, this, now when it comes to consciousness, subconscious and the unconscious, let's talk about consciousness and the subconscious when it comes to autopilot. Here is an example of when autopilot, in terms of consciousness and subconscious, can be helpful. So you are walking on a crosswalk, you're walking across the street, and you realize that in the middle, for some reason, you see that your shoe is untied. So here's what's going to happen. You're going to bend down, which, I mean, hope maybe some people might cross the street <laughs> before they tie their shoe. Some people might stop right there and tie their shoe. And so let's say you stop in the middle of the crosswalk, it's green for you to go, but you stop, you go down and you start to tie your shoe. Now, what is happening in that moment in your brain? I mean, there's a shit ton of stuff that's happening in the moment in your brain, but let's focus on two specific things. The first thing is that your brain and your body already remember how to tie your shoe. So on an autopilot, automatic way system, what you're going to do is you're just going to start tying your shoe, okay? You're not really, it's not fully in your consciousness that you're tying your shoe, you're just starting to tie your shoe. Now, what the hell else is going on? And this is what's really important. What else is going on is the fact that you're in the middle of the street, your brain, whether you know it or not, more consciously than the fact that you're tying your shoe is paying attention to all of the sounds around you to make sure that there isn't a car coming after you or there isn't a car coming towards you. And so you would be able to consciously react and be aware of if a car was going to come into that crosswalk to hurt you or cause you harm intentionally or unintentionally. Um, and you won't just be focused on the fact that you're tying your shoe because your brain is capable of tying your shoe and paying attention to the things that are going on around you. So it's helpful that your brain has autopilot. It is helpful that your body and your brain have automatic processes, super important, so that you can do the things that you know how to do that don't take, that don't need so much effort anymore, and then focus on things that are new or that you may need to pay attention to that can cause you harm. That's an example of helpful autopilot. Now here's an example of unhelpful autopilot. And this is a little bit different than the scenario that I just introduced to you guys. Autopilot in a negative way is this, and it, it has to do with survival as well. And so here's an example. When you're growing up, if you have a parent, for example, and apply this to your own life with whatever variables come up for you and whatever you've experienced in your life, when you are growing up and you have and you have a single parent and that single parent is unreliable and that single parent it can get angry or say things that they don't mean and cannot show up for you or teach you how to really eat properly or sleep properly or take care of yourself properly or show up for you and mirror and validate you and you get stuck in this belief system, you become conditioned in this belief system that the world is unreliable and that the people that you're supposed to be able to rely on can actually cause you harm. And so you actually start to learn how to absorb and pay attention to everything around you. All of the emotions, all of the things that you may need or not need, anything that may be dangerous for you or that anything that may be safe for you. You start to really become very aware, 
consciously of your environment and how it may affect you in a variety of different ways. Then over time, as you become an adult, you become highly sensitive, okay? You become highly sensitive, but unfortunately that high sensitivity, it's attached to a, react, a reaction internally and automatically where you feel fear or anxiety or distrust or dysregulation or non-mirroring. And so yes, you've gained this autopilot and this automatic process where you can view your environment and feel like you know what the hell is going on. The unfortunate part is it's also attached to a condition of anxiety. It's also attached to a condition of not feeling good enough and not feeling like you can rely on anyone. So then you're an adult and you start to pick up on these cues of what people's faces look like when they have certain emotions, whether or not you can trust when someone says I love you or I'll be there for you. And so what happens is automatically you may see this person make this facial expression and unconsciously you just paid attention to that facial expression, but then consciously you get mad or you push them away or you start to experience anxiety or you start to analyze their facial expression in a way where you feel like you're about to be attacked. And so you actually start getting severely anxious or you actually start pushing those people away or you actually start yelling at those people or that person. So your mind is an autopilot. Your mind is an autopilot of, of observing your entire surroundings, but then also placing your surroundings as something that could potentially harm you. So autopilot, it's meant to be helpful. You guys, it's meant to be helpful. The fact that our brain can start to do things automatically and relieve us from the, uh, from the need to have to remember how to walk or talk or sit down or drive a car or eat food or swallow food, you know, if we had to remember how to do all of those things every single moment, like breathing, for example, we wouldn't really have made it as far as we've made it in terms of the advancement of our civilization and of our species. We just wouldn't have made it very far because our minds would have been so consumed with focusing on the things that we need to survive on a very basic level. Now, I think that it's super important for you guys to understand that while this is supposed to be a survival technique where we know how to breathe and we know how to drive and we know how to walk, what happens is those things become unconscious or subconscious and they can happen automatically. And let's say that we had the most perfect life ever. We never experienced anything that caused us anxiety. We never experienced anything that caused us trauma or anger or letdown or grief or loss. Let's just say <laughs> that that's possible. You would have experienced these general things that would be entered into your subconscious and your unconscious, like breathing and walking and eating and talking and things of that nature. And then you would have experienced certain interpersonal relationships and you would have been able to subconsciously real like put to the attachment of relationships that they were all happy and healthy and you're gonna have this radar this automatic radar of life of seeing everything that's good that's going on in the world everything good that you've accomplished you're gonna remember everything good that people have said about you and you're less likely going to be focused on things that are dangerous or things that can hurt you because you haven't had any of those experiences so you don't know what really to be afraid of and there are, you know, there's also epigenetics and some people say that there's some fears and some phobias that get passed down biologically and genetically and I'm not gonna go into that right now. What I wanna focus on is that, let's say you had a perfect life where nothing ever made you feel scared or hurt you. 
you you would automatically start to see things from a positive light. You would automatically start to look for the things that were familiar to you and the things that supported your beliefs, which is something that we'll get into a little bit later. Now, that is not how life works. If you are listening to this podcast, I can literally almost guarantee that that has not been the life that you've had. One, because this is a mental health podcast and it's for people who essentially have experienced something fucked up or they help people who have experienced something fucked up and they just want to know how they can get better. You just want to know how you can get better. This is one very crucial thing for you to understand. When we experience things that scare us, when we experience things that make us afraid, things that hurt us physically, things that hurt us psychologically, things that happen to people that we love, that we experience. When we experience something dangerous, something harmful, something hurtful, something scary, our brain wants to remember it. Now, this is a little separate from trauma that you can't remember because if you have experienced something so traumatic, then your brain was focused more on you surviving in that moment and it actually is not integrating what you're experiencing in that moment in a way where it will be in a fluid sequential memory. There is memory loss for trauma and I wanted to acknowledge that. Now, outside of losing your memory for trauma, if you experience something traumatic, painful, harmful, hurtful, scary, your body and your brain want to remember it. Your mind wants to remember it. Now, why? Because we, are surviving beings. We want to survive, okay? We want to survive. When someone gets to a point where they're suicidal, it's because their life is so difficult that that has become overridden. That the idea of not being alive seems less painful than the idea of being alive. And I just want to acknowledge that as well. In general, we want to survive. Most of the time we want to survive. And honestly, even people who are suicidal, I believe want to survive, but they don't see a way out of what it is that they are experiencing. We want to survive. We want to feel okay and we want to reduce the amount of pain and the amount of suffering that we experience on a daily basis. That's why we remember. That's why our mind can remember the things that we don't like about ourselves more so than the things that we do. That's why our mind can remember um, subconsciously all of the times that we've been hurt in every past relationship that we've been in so that we can automatically look for those flags look for the red flags look for those facial expressions look for when we get let down because we want to protect ourselves our mind is trying to protect us when we have a difficult life our autopilot can be fucked up like let's let's say that our mind is a car okay and our car, our mind car, this is a little ridiculous, but let's roll with it. Our mind car is, it's, it, knows, it, it knows its destination. It like, when we say let's go home, okay, home, let's say we get in the car and we say let's go home. And home is where we're comfortable, home is where we've been the most often. So your car is going to, you can put it on autopilot and it's automatically going to take you home. It's gonna take you to what's comfortable. It's gonna take you to where you've been for long enough. It's gonna take you to um, what you're used to. That's what happens in your actual mind. But your home, the things that you've experienced the most, the places where you live inside your mind, inside your emotions, inside your actions, inside your thoughts, inside your feelings, it may not be a good place to be. 
but your mind is gonna keep going there because it's what it's used to and it's what it's familiar with and it's what happens most often. So if you experience a very anxious life, then your mind is gonna be constantly looking out for things that can cause you anxiety and then it may be telling you also that these things should cause you anxiety or that they are supposed to cause you anxiety and then you're gonna experience the anxiety automatically. It's going to be a conditioned, habitual, automatic response to things that you've experienced in your life. And sometimes that can lead to generalized anxiety disorder. Sometimes that can lead to just disordered anxiety, which I discussed in the last podcast episode. Also, autopilot can be related to trauma. When we experience triggers in our life, from past trauma that we've been through, it's autopilot. It's your mind automatically going, like seeing something like a color or smelling something or going to a place or seeing a person or hearing a song. Your mind is going to automatically go to that place to remind you of this negative experience that you had in order to try to protect you, in order to try to reconcile and reprocess and figure out what happened in that moment because it doesn't know, your mind doesn't know that that's not necessary in this moment. It doesn't know that that's not necessary in this moment because you're not consciously aware of what the hell is going on automatically and in autopilot when it comes to your triggers, your anxiety triggers, your trauma triggers, they're subconscious. So when you hear of all about all these spiritual people and these life coaches and these people who are interested in meditation and mindfulness, a lot of people think it's a load of bullshit. They really do, but honestly it's not. If it's done in the correct way, if people are being treated for trauma using mindfulness and meditation from someone that actually understands trauma and how it affects the brain and how it affects the body and how to actually help you heal, mindfulness and meditation is bringing consciousness and awareness into the subconscious. And basically all that that's doing is it's saying, I want to see why. I wanna see what my autopilot looks like. I wanna see where my mind goes automatically and I wanna figure out why. So when people talk about the mind's eye, the third eye, the ability to go inward, to self-reflect, to talk to your inner child, all of that stuff, what they're doing is they're saying, take your consciousness and bring it into your subconscious. Look at what is going on in your life unconsciously. Unconsciously meaning combining subconscious and unconscious into one term, the unconscious. See how your unconscious is showing. See how your unconscious shows up in the things that you say, in the things that you do, in the belief system that you have, in the feelings that you experience, in the choices that you make or don't make. It's everywhere. Your unconscious is showing and you are totally capable of finding the solution to the problems that you currently have in life by going fucking inward. You are fully capable of reprogramming yourself, reprogramming your nervous system, reprogramming your autopilot, reprogramming your automatic subconscious mind mechanisms. You're allowed to get in your mind's car and change the directions, pick a different address. You may not be totally used to it as quickly as, let's say, 
an electric car would be where it would just automatically change the directions and go. But through the process of understanding what your subconscious is and how autopilot and auto mind mechanisms show up for you specifically, how have you been programmed that you can slowly go back and start a new path. Start to recondition, uncondition, recondition, learn yourself new ways of living. Teach yourself how you can reprogram your automatic mind because we all have an automatic mind. We all do it. We all have autopilot. We all have automatic mind mechanisms. And it's very important to know that the reason that they're there is because your mind is trying to protect you. It's trying to say, I got this at this point. I know that the whole world is dangerous. Don't worry. I'm going to put that down in your subconscious so you don't have to think about it anymore. And then you can just go about living your life. And then we wonder why we feel so fucking dreadful all the time. We wonder why we're so anxious all the time. And it's because subconsciously this is all happening and consciously we're like, what the fuck is this? Why does life feel so overwhelming? Why am I making the choices that I'm making? Why do I automatically think that everybody hates me? Why do I automatically, or why do I go into autopilot and just start yelling whenever someone says this specific thing to me? We have to go inward. We have to go inward and we have to figure out why. We have to figure out why. Now another mind mechanism, subconscious mind mechanism that I wanna to talk to you guys about is confirmation bias. Now there are studies that say that confirmation bias isn't a thing, it's not really a phenomenon, and then there's people that say that there is. It's theoretical. The concept of it, I agree with. We have confirmation bias, or whatever you wanna call it, what happens is, and we can just see this, especially this year, it's become more and more apparent this year that confirmation bias is a real thing. Even if it's just theoretical, even if it's in society, even if it doesn't affect certain um, mental health processes for certain disorders that they're doing the research on or the studies on, fine. That's fine. But confirmation bias, I believe, is a real fucking thing. And this is what it is. It's where what you believe, so this is on a subconscious level, your belief system is going to affect what you listen to, who you listen to, what you read, um, the things that you buy, the things that you, you know, any new beliefs that you may take in to have in your belief system are going to have to relate to your current belief system. All of those choices that you're making, your belief system affects that. It's confirmation bias. What this is saying is we are looking for our beliefs to be confirmed because again, our mind is trying to protect us. We want to feel right. We want to find people that we align with. We want to go to places that we're familiar with. We want to read things that confirm what we believe to be true. As the truth doctor, it's very important for you to know that a lot of the times what you believe to be true is in fact not fucking true. It's not. Our subconscious learns truths based on frequency, duration, consistency, inconsistency, the power that made us believe those beliefs, the control that we think we have over whether or not we can change our belief system or not, all of these things play a role in how strong our belief systems are. And then when we, when our beliefs go into our subconscious, then we just start consciously, we're consciously living our lives, blah, blah, blah. But on an unconscious level, those beliefs want to be confirmed. So we're looking at the world through our belief system. And there's a few things that happen when it comes to confirmation bias. The first thing is that 
if something happens outside of our belief system and this is on an automatic pro this is an automatic process and something that can be changed through consciousness mindfulness awareness space between yourself and automatically believing something or automatically not believing something it's possible to change this to, to recourse this but in general on a subconscious level we are grabbing the things that align with our beliefs and we are pushing away the things that don't. And that's why healing can be so hard and that's why changing a habit can be so hard is because if we believe so wholeheartedly that we are not good enough and it's become one of our truths, then we will more easily find facts, experiences, solid experiences, truthful experiences that validate that we're not good enough we always believe that people are going to lie to us, then we're going to look for people lying. If you want to find a red car, or you're thinking about a red car, or you think that there's more red cars than not, and you like need to rely on that, you're going to find more red cars. You're going to spot them more. You're going to be able to see them more accessible in your consciousness because it's what you're looking for. You know when you buy a new car and then you see that type of new car everywhere? That's an example, a little bit, of confirmation bias from actually just an observational standpoint. But what we're talking about is mental health here. What we're talking about is that our belief systems, they decide how we view our lives on a subconscious level. You know, this podcast is coming out a little bit later than the first 2020 American presidential debate, but I just watched it last night. And you know, I'm constantly watching my mind and that's why I actually, just to kind of before I go into that, named this podcast Your Unconscious is showing is I am constantly watching my own unconscious, subconscious and consciousness and I am constantly watching others. Your unconscious is showing in everything that you do. And once you start to realize that it is, and you can see the unconscious in everyone around you, and you can see the unconscious mind mechanisms going on within your own mind, you have so much more control and you're really able to step the fuck out of the matrix. So last night I was watching the presidential 2020 debate between Donald Trump and Joe Biden. And my mind, was going crazy thinking about watching where my mind goes when each person says something like what comes up for me what what's something i would automatically want to say back to them where where does my mind go when each of these things come up and what the hell's going on for them you know observing them observing why donald trump automatically responds with certain things and why joe biden automatically responds with certain things and the intention unconsciously and consciously of why they're saying the things that they're saying and why they want to be the president the subconscious has a lot of control the subconscious has a lot of control now one thing that i've realized is that it's really hard for people that have a lot going on in their lives to take a moment and step back and say what is the point of all of this? And how can my mind help the minds of others? How can my position of power and privilege help people that are less fortunate to me? It really is difficult for people to take a step back. 
And the reason for that is the more stuff that we have to do on the outside and the more stuff that we have going on on the inside, it's so overwhelming that we feel like we can't take a moment to just pause, create space between what's going on in our conscious life in the moment and say, what's going on in the subconscious? Where is my mind going automatically and why? What are my autopilot mechanisms? Where did they come from? How are they showing up today? And am I proud of them? Do I want to identify with them? Do I want to continue with this belief system? Is confirmation bias? Am I gonna be proud of myself at the end of my life that I let my subconscious beliefs dictate how I chose to view myself and the world around me? Are you going to be happy with how much you limited what you could or what you could do in the world? Are you going to be proud of how much you let other people's minds and your own subconscious mind control your life? It's they're important questions and I wish everybody just took a moment to think about those things and to think about how the things that we do and the things that we say and the ways that we act, how that affects other people and how we're all just one collective mind combined as a bunch of individual minds that hopefully understand their consciousness, their subconscious and their unconscious. Now, most people don't. Most of the time, confirmation bias is ruling your life. Most of the time, you're on autopilot. Most of the time, you are reacting automatically. There's no space. It's something happens and then you have your automatic response. Something happens and then your subconscious makes the decision. It makes the decision. Now there's something else that I wanna to talk to you guys about and this is associated with autopilot and there's something in our mind called the default mode network. It's exactly what it sounds like. It's a network that becomes programmed over time in our mind and it's a default mode. And what the theories behind this say is that if there is no conscious desire to want to change the default mode, then we're gonna automatically go into the default mode. And so that's super important for you guys to realize too, is that in order to change habits, in order to change thought processes, in order to change immediate emotional reactions, you have to have a conscious desire to want to change. You have to tell your subconscious, no, I don't need you right now. I want to make a conscious decision. I want to take a fucking moment and I want to think about what exactly it is that's going on in my life right now and how I want to make the best decision moving forward. There's also been studies that have shown that if in the moment you react with your default network, you react with confirmation bias, you react with autopilot and automatic mind mechanisms in the moment, that you can still go back and reflect and it will still have an effect on that default mode network. You will still lessen the frequency to which your subconscious automatically kicks in. You are able to reflect. That's why journaling is helpful. That's why talk therapy can be helpful. That's why co-regulation can be helpful and recording yourself and writing things down and, and sharing with another person. It's helpful to reflect. It's very helpful to reflect. It's 
it's a goal to be able to reflect on the things that have happened in your past and it should be a priority for you to increase space between what it is that's going on in your life and your automatic processes, your impulses, whatever it is, you want it, whatever you want to call it. You want that space. You want to build that space. And that space is just consciousness, you guys. The subconscious mind will continue to absorb information constantly because that's how we're programmed. You have to consciously make the decision to go in and unlearn the things that you don't want to be running your life off of anymore and teach yourself, reprogram yourself to see the positive instead of the negative, to be open to different beliefs than the ones that you've already been constantly confirming for decades of your life. You need to be able to pick a new destination, pick a new automatic destination. And there can be guilt and shame and low self-esteem and other mental health situations that can block or make it difficult to go through this process of making your bringing your consciousness into your subconscious and becoming aware of why you function the way that you function and how to do something about it there can definitely be barriers you guys I'm not saying that it's gonna be easy I'm not saying that you can just calm the fuck down I'm saying that you can calm the fuck down through the process of bringing consciousness into your subconscious and saying, wait a minute, what do I not have control over that I actually can have control over? You know, I say a lot, everybody says a lot, um, learn the things that you can control and learn to let go of the things that you can't. Don't let go of your mind. You can control it. You can. Now, I want you to know that when I'm talking about the mind and controlling the mind, I'm not necessarily saying you need to control your mind, you need to control it, you need to hone it down, you need to have power over it. I'm saying that it can be a more passive experience. It can be a more observational experience. Because as we've seen in physics even, when you look at something, it changes. When you look at something, when something is being observed, it changes, it just does. And so you can look, just look. Look at what's going on in your subconscious. Look around and don't be so hard on yourself if you go to your old beliefs, if you go to automatic responses and automatic behaviors, it's going to happen. When that happens, it's your brain trying to help you survive. When that happens, it's your brain trying to say, I got this. It's trying to be helpful. Like that is one of the most important things for everyone to understand on a general level that has to do with every single one of these podcasts, has to do with every post I make on social media and every video that I make. Your mind does not want to hurt you. Your body does not want to hurt you. But sometimes our body and our mind have no fucking clue what they're doing. Sometimes we want to thrive and not survive. Sometimes we don't wanna just keep doing the same thing over and over again. Sometimes we wanna say, wait, what's going on? This isn't working for me and I wanna do something different. So your unconscious is showing and there's lots of subconscious mechanisms that are happening in your mind every moment of every day of your life. 
take that as a good thing. I hope that that doesn't make you feel overwhelmed. I want you to feel like there are so many opportunities for you to make your life the way that you want it to be. There are so many opportunities for you to bring consciousness and awareness into your past and how your past is showing up in your present to make the future that you wanna make. The subconscious is important. It's super helpful. It helps us survive. Also, surviving can hurt. Surviving can hurt. Being stuck in our old belief system can hurt even if we don't wanna tell ourselves that it does. It may, and it probably does. Being open, being fluid, being flexible, being observational, and being a conscious human being is going to bring you the most amount of happiness ever. You don't wanna live your life unconsciously. You wanna see where your unconscious is showing in yourself, and you wanna see where other people's unconscious is showing. Once you can see the subconscious patterns in other people, you will start to understand why the hell we're at where we're at in society today, in our family structures today, in our employment structures today, in our education structures today, and in your own mind today. The subconscious has control over you. Your unconscious is showing and it's time for you to become more conscious. It's time for you to become more aware. And the point of this podcast is to help you see where your unconscious is showing. So if you haven't listened to the last five episodes, then I suggest that you go listen to them. Learn about how your developmental trauma has affected you today. Learn about how you criticize yourself and how other people criticize you and how you criticize other people and how that's related to your subconscious and the things that you've experienced unconsciously in your life that show up. Learn about expectations and how those affect the subconscious mechanisms and your belief system and your autopilot. Learn about your anxiety and how your anxiety shows up for you on a subconscious, unconscious, and conscious level. And then do some reflection on what are your current beliefs and how do they affect whether or not you gather information from the outside or internally, or you don't. How does confirmation bias show up for you? How does your mind run when it runs on automatic? Where does it run to? Why does it run there? and do you still want it to? My name is Dr. Courtney Tracy. I am known on social media as the Truth Doctor, and the truth is, your unconscious is showing. Your subconscious controls you, and consciousness and awareness will set you free.